the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for his great church. Good Sunday afternoon, family. Here we all love you. We all are thinking about you. We are praying for you. My mother is praying for you. She wants you guys to continue to be encouraged. She wants you guys to continue to love. She wants you guys to continue to pursue the things of God. I am Minister Dion standing here in in the space and in the place of her. And we do have our great friend, our mentor, our brother, Pastor Bell, back in studio with us today here to bless us with a word. And Pastor, with no more delay. Go ahead and take it over, because I know the family is itching and eager to hear from you. Well, thank you, Minister Dion, for yet another opportunity for us to come together and share with the people of God. I don't know about you, but I don't think either one of us can fill the seat or the shoes of your mother. Yes. Because of the joy and excitement and enthusiasm that she brings to the body of Christ. Uh, she always, every time we meet, uh, allows me to leave with a smile on my face yes, and a word of encouragement. And so I'm grateful and thankful to God that she has allowed us this opportunity to uh, stand in her place or to be in her place. And we pray God's blessings upon her as she continues to bring glory and honor to our God and bring light in the midst of darkness Amen. to this world that we're in. Uh, without uh, delay, I want to thank you again. I want to continue this idea of faith, this idea of faith, and perhaps there's somebody who is struggling because of what they see around us, and we cannot keep our focus on the things that are around us, but rather we must keep our eyes on God. There is found in Second Kings chapter 7 another very interesting story. And this time it is not the prophet Elijah, but this time it is the prophet Elisha, the understudy uh, of Elijah, uh, brings us to another place where we can develop our faith. And then there are those who cast doubt on the ability of our God to bring us safely through. And so for just a few moments this afternoon, I want to talk about stuck between a rock and a hard place a rock and a hard place in second Kings chapter seven, the prophet Elijah, Elisha, excuse me, comes and he declares that by tomorrow, a seer of flour will be one shekel and a seer is approximately seven quarts. And then he says two seer of barley will be worth one shekel. Now there are those who laugh at him because they are in the midst of a famine. 
The economy has bottomed out. Inflation is at an all-time high. Sounds almost like the day and time that we're living in now. Yes, sir. And so Elisha tells them that tomorrow you don't have to worry about the economy bottoming out. You don't have to worry about inflation. And you don't have to worry about a recession because our God is going to answer. And then the armor bearer of the king says to Elisha, even if God himself opened up the windows of heaven, uh, that is impossible. And so Elisha responds to him by saying, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not have the ability to eat. And then the scene shifts, if you will, because the Old Testament was written in redactors or scenes. So the scene shifts now to four lepers who are outside of the city gate. Now, one reason that the economy has bottomed out and one reason that they find themselves in a recession is because the enemy has surrounded the city. The enemy, the Syrians, have laid siege to the city. They are not allowing anything in and they're not allowing anything out. Things have gotten so bad that they have resorted to cannibalism. As a matter of fact, in the previous chapter, the Bible says that the king is walking on the top of the wall. And while he is walking on the top of the wall, a woman screams out to him for help. And he responds to her that if God can't help you, I certainly can't help you. And she explains to him that my neighbor and I made an agreement that today we would boil my son and eat him. And then tomorrow we'll boil your son and eat him. But my neighbor has hidden her son from me. And so they find themselves resorting to cannibalism. Now, in our day and time, we've not had to resort to cannibalism, but I don't know about you, but prices are almost at an all-time high. We haven't seen things this bad in quite some time. And so even though gas prices seem to be going down slightly, many of us are still not able to allow our ends uh, to meet. And so these four men are sitting outside the city gate. And they come to themselves and start to have a discussion about what their next move is going to be. And somebody says, if we go to the city, behold, the famine is there and we're going to die. If we stay here, we're still not going to get any food and we're going to die. And then they say to themselves, let's go and lay ourselves at the mercy of the enemy. And if they allow us to live, then we'll be spared. But if they kill us, we are still going to die. So either way, we're stuck between a a rock and a hard place. A rock and a hard place is simply being caught in a dilemma where there are two unpleasant outcomes or, or two unpleasant answers. And so these men are stuck between a rock and a hard place and they make up in their own minds that we're just going to lay ourselves at the mercy of the enemy. They go to the enemy's camp, but when they arrive at the enemy's camp, something interesting has occurred. Uh, The enemy is no longer there. And brothers and sisters, somebody may be surrounded today by their enemies. Somebody may be worried about what tomorrow is going to bring. Uh, But you hold on because God can cause your enemies to hear sounds uh, and flee in fear because God is on your side. And even though we find ourselves where we are going through trials and tribulations, going through stress and strain, going through struggles, uh, you and I still ought to possess the ability to hold on and have faith in our God uh, that he will bring us safely through. 
So these men go into the camp because the enemy has vacated it. These men start going in and out of each tent, gathering food. They gather clothing. They gather riches. They gather belongings. They take them, go and hide them and come back and go into another camp. And then finally, they say to themselves, this thing that we're doing is not good. If we don't share this with somebody else, something bad is going to happen to us. We're going to be punished. And so they say to themselves, let's go back to the city and report this to the king. So the Bible says that they go back to the city gates, report it to the gatekeeper. And then he finally sends word to the king. The king says to himself, let's go out and see it. But then one of his armor bearers says, king, the enemy is only laying a plan for us. They're laying in wait for us. They've not vacated the camp. They're waiting on us to open up the doors. And when we open the doors, they're going to come and get us. Why won't you just send some men out to investigate what's going on? He sends men out to investigate what's going on. And sure enough, they find the enemy's camp vacated. The enemy has run off. And the Bible says that the God caused the enemy to hear the sound of chariots. And they say to themselves uh, that the Israelites have hired the Hivites. They've hired the Egyptians to come and bring war. And so they vacate where they are. And the Bible says that they go out and sure enough, just as the prophet said, the next day that a seer of flour was worth one shekel. And sure enough, two seer of barley was worth one shekel. Uh, and the man who declared that it wasn't possible was trampled uh, at the gate's door. That's the end of the story. It's a beautiful story, but there are a few applications I want to make for us today when we find ourselves stuck between a rock and a hard place. First of all, catastrophe moved them. And oftentimes in our lives, God has to send catastrophe in order to move us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Now, catastrophe has the ability either to drive us or to draw us. Catastrophe has the ability to either push us or pull us. And we have to ask ourselves, what is God saying to you and I when we find ourselves uh, faced with catastrophe? Now, I know that the devil is busy. He's going to and fro seeking whom he may devour. But sometimes God sends trouble in our lives in order to get our attention uh, so that we will turn our focus on him. A poem is written by Helen uh, Steiner Rice, and in this poem, she titles it The Bend in the Road. She simply says, sometimes we come to life's crossroads, and when the view what we think is the end, but God has a much wider vision, and he knows that it's only a bend. The road will go on and get smoother, and after we've stopped for a rest, the path that lies beyond us is often the path that is best. So rest and relax, grow stronger, let go and let God share your load and have faith in a brighter tomorrow. You've only come to a bend in the road. And oftentimes the catastrophes that we face are only a bend in our road. It's designed to draw us closer to God. It's designed to pull us closer to God so that the faith that we have in God uh, will move us to where he wants us to be. Oftentimes, brothers and sisters, we can't appreciate what we have until Jesus is all that we have left. The story is told by Darren King. 
no relation to Martin Luther King, but Darren King tells a story of his trips down to Atlanta each time Martin Luther King Sr. faced tragedy. He says to him that when A.D. King drowned, he went down to Atlanta to be with Martin King Sr. When Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, Darren King left Chicago and went back down to Atlanta to be with his friend Martin King Sr. When Mrs. King was assassinated sitting at the organ at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, Darren King left Chicago again to go down to be with Martin King Sr. Finally, on his third trip down after the assassination of Mrs. King, Darren King walked into the house and he, upon his approach to Martin Luther King Jr., he asked him how was he feeling and Martin Luther King Sr. responded by saying, I rejoice with what I have left. Darren King was puzzled because he wondered, what do you have left? Your son has drowned. Another son has been assassinated. And now your wife has been shot. What is it that you have left? And Martin Luther King Sr. said, I've got Jesus and that's all that I need. Mm. And oftentimes in life, we never realize how much we have until Jesus is all that we have left. And so God uses this catastrophe to move these men from where they are. If there was no famine in the land, they would have stayed where they were. If there were no famine in the land, they would have been stuck. But sometimes God has to send a famine in order to move us to where he wants us to be. Need I remind you of Elijah when he found himself at the brook Cherith? Remember, the brook dries up, but the brook had to dry up in order for Elijah to move down uh, to Zarephath. And sometimes in our lives, God has to send a famine. He has to send catastrophe in order to move us to where he wants us to be. Not only does catastrophe move these men, but then secondly, compassion motivates them. Because the Bible says that after they go into the camp and find all of the resources that they need, they find food, they find fashion, they even store up things for their own future. Because the food that they need is going to allow them to survive in the famine. They find clothing in order to change their clothing. Remember, these are lepers, so they were outcasts. They only received resources from family members when they would bring things to them on the outside of the leper camp. But then they find hope for their future because uh, they have the resources that they need to last well beyond uh, where they find themselves. They find refreshment. They find riches. They even find raiment. They find everything that they need. As a matter of fact, if it were you and I today, they would find caviar. They mm. would find cash. They would find clothes uh, because God gave them everything uh, that they needed. God provides for these men who are outcast. He gives them uh, hope. Now, I've suggested to you all before that my mother spent a whole lot of money spent sending me to uh, school. And I told you before that I slept most of the time. <laughs> but one of the interesting things about my days in college were I, all of my classes were surrounding the stories. All of my classes were around the young and the restless, all my children and days of our lives. And you will recall the stars of days of our lives, uh, Bo Brady and Hope Williams. During one episode, uh, Bo has a tragic accident. 
He finds himself in a coma and hope comes to the hospital to be by his side. And during this particular episode, Hope is reminiscing. She is going over all of the tragedies and turmoil that they have faced in their relationship. Now, she is talking out loud about these experiences. And though Bo cannot respond, he can hear everything that Hope is saying. And so as Hope goes through each tragedy, as Hope goes through each trouble, as Hope goes through all of the struggles that they've had in their relationship, Bo is reminiscing about all of those stories. And finally, before the episode ends, Bo opens his eyes. The doctors had given up hope. They did not think that Bo was going to survive. And when the doctors come in and ask him, how did he make it through? Bo responds by saying, hope brought me back. And brothers and sisters, in our lives, if we will only hold on to our hope, if we will only hold on to our faith, if we will only hold on to our trust in God, uh, he can bring us safely through. Even though things may seem bad on the outside, even though it may look dark and dismal, you and I ought to declare what the psalmist declares. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, the interesting thing about Psalm number 23 and verse 4 is, even though the psalmist is going through a valley, he proclaims and declares what his response is going to be in the valley. He says that even though I'm going through this valley, I'm not in this valley to stay. He says, I'm going to keep on walking. And that's all God is declaring for you and I today, that even though things are dark, even though things are dismal, even though things may become depressing, uh, you and I ought to declare that I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going uh, to walk through this. Now, Sunday, when I preached my little message, I suggested that there are three things that are required for walking. Number one, walking is a sign of development. When we see our children, we're waiting in great anticipation, not for the day that they crawl, not for the day that they roll over, but for the day that they walk. Because walking is a sign of development. But more than that, we're also looking for walking because walking is a sign of direction. When you and I move in terms of walking, we're going or headed in some uh, direction. But walking is also a sign of discipline. We could run, we could hop, but the sign says uh, walk. And so when you and I find ourselves in dark places, when you and I find ourselves in dismal places, we ought to declare that we're going uh, to walk. So catastrophe moves these men, compassion motivates these men, but then finally conviction mobilizes these men. Con conviction mobilizes them because they say what we have found, we ought not keep it to ourselves. Today is a day of good news and we ought to go and share this good news with somebody else. This walking allows them to go and witness. This time of movement allows them to experience the promise and the provisions that can only be provided uh, by God. And so when you and I have our experience of being stuck between a rock and a hard place and God brings us out, we ought not keep that news to ourselves, but rather we ought to share it with somebody else and declare that it was nobody but the Lord who brought me out. I shared with you all before that I've never been a fan of dogs and I've never been fond of dogs. 
But the story is told of a man who had become rich because all of his dogs are registered with the American Kennel Club. This man had won many prizes. He had won many contests. But one day he said to himself, I want to get rid of these fine, fancy show dogs and go out and get me a nasty mangy old mutt. So one day the man sold all of his fine, fancy show dogs. And sure enough, he went down in Houston, as your mother and I would say, in the Fifth Ward and found him a nasty mangy old mutt. Brushed that mutt off and took that mutt home with him, gave that mutt a bath. Gave that mutt a cute little red sweater to wear, allowed that mutt to sleep in the best bed in his house, and gave that mutt the finest food to eat. After two weeks, the mutt turned his back on the man and left. The man became terribly discouraged. He said, I brought this nasty, mangy old mutt into my house, gave him the best food to eat, allowed him to sleep in the finest bed that I had, put a cute little red sweater on him, and he's turned his back on me and left. Two weeks later, the doorbell rang and the butler asked the man, are you expecting anybody? And he said, no, I'm not. The man told his butler, I'll get the door. He came down his winding staircase and opened the door. And that was that nasty, mangy old mutt back again. The man said, I've become terribly discouraged. I brought you into my house, gave you a bath, put a cute little red sweater on you, allowed you to eat the best food, allowed you to sleep in the finest bed. And you turned your back on me and left. The dog licked the man in the face and turned around and barked at the door. And that came in behind him some other old nasty mangy mutts because he went out and told him, I know a man who can pick you up and turn you around. He can place your feet on solid ground. And no matter where you find yourself today, I'm here to tell you that I know a man who will pick you up, turn you around and he'll place your feet on solid ground. But you have to give him a chance to work in your life. And when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, you allow him the ability to take control of your life and lead you and guide you to where he wants you to be. Amen. And I think today that though we may find ourselves stuck between a rock and a hard place, Jesus is the answer for whatever we find ourselves in because he becomes the answer for our agony. He becomes the blessing for our burden. He becomes the cure for our crisis he becomes the deliverer of our distresses. He becomes the eraser of our error. He becomes the fixer of our faults. But we have to allow him to work in us, through us, and for us so that we can do all and be all that he wants us to be. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. God uttered so much of his word through me while you were speaking. And I just want you guys to raise up your hands if this word has blessed you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4 says, Oh, yes. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. It is a rock and a hard place, family. But again, there is treasure in that vessel. Wine is a beautiful drink. It's a beautiful delicacy. But it all started off as a grape that got squeezed. Oh, yeah. God is not a stranger to use in empty places. The other verse that he dropped onto my heart, Pastor, is Genesis chapter 1, 
verse 1, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of waters. I'm going to stop right there. Darkness existed before light. Darkness was God's canvas. So when he said, let there be light, and then creation had came forward. So family, if you find yourself in that empty place, only know that God's spirit is hovering over your situation. (laughs) And can't wait to bless you. Don't give up. Don't give in. If you are ready to receive of this thing called salvation, please repeat this prayer after me and take this opportunity. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you hung bled, and died in my place. You, the Son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I receive you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. If you just uttered those words, welcome into the family. Thank you, Pastor Bell. We here at Disciple Pathway Ministries love you all. And until next time, one voice, I speak life. Thanks for listening to Disciples Pathway Ministries with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Thanks for your prayers and for your gifts to his great work of God. For booking and requests for services, look up Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. That's Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.